welcome to the very first episode of Not So Starving Artists. Ooh, 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 ooh. We got Roy in the house. What's up, Reet? Sup, yo. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited and really thrilled. Uh, I know it's the first episode, so I'm, uh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be exciting. Awesome. All right. So how about you? How about you give me a little introduction about what we're eating today and why you picked it? Okay, so we're eating uh, Duff's Famous Wings from Toronto, and uh, yeah, we got the super hot ones, and the hot ones, yeah, so the spicy ones. Um, I always have a feeling that I gotta fight through all the obstacles or all the challenges that are kind of thrown at me in my life, and one of the biggest challenges is like, I can't eat spicy food. So I I know, what, you can't eat spicy food? So for me... I think it's just a mental thing that I have to break today that, that I got to finish it no matter what, even I have to cry and, you know, I'm ready with the milk. I'm ready with uh, my ginger ale, some water. So, you know, I know it, it might, it might not be that crazy, but for me, it's, it's just like a mental thing and I got to get rid of it. So yeah. one be- better way to just, you know, do it with you in the first episode and, you know, overcoming all our fears. Yeah. All right. So, We've got the hot and super hot, and they are mixed together, so we don't actually know... Know which ones they are, yeah. Is which. Um, so we're going to go... While I was doing my research, did you know that there are, like, different types of spicy? So there's, like, a heat spicy, and then um, in China, there's, like, Szechuan spicy, which is, like, a numbing spicy. Oh, really? And there's, like, a sour spicy. You Like, you ever had Frank's uh, hot yeah, sauce? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. That's like a sour spicy versus like oh, a yeah. aggressive spicy. So uh, yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of spicy these are. Okay. You want to break it in right now? Let's go. Okay, wait. Let's grab a piece. I'm going to grab a piece with like a lot of sauce on it. Let's okay, see. a lot of sauce on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. Cheers. Cheers. What a way to start the show. Let's go. Let's go. Go. All right. Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. So on their website, Duff says that their medium is hot. Their medium hot is very hot. Their hot is very, very hot. But... I don't know if it's a hot one or it's a spicy hot one. I don't know either which one I have. But it's like, I can tolerate this. This tastes good. Yeah. <clears throat> Woo! <laughs> is it hitting you? Is it hitting you? No, no, no. It's all in the mind. I have some carrots and I'll be, we're good. Yeah. All right. We also have our, uh, what is this? Blue cheese? Blue cheese dressing. It's actually delicious, eh? Is it? I haven't tried the dressing yet. Let me try the dressing. I was like, wow. While I'm wiping my hands, tell me, are you a like flats kind of guy or are you like a drum stick kind of guy? I like drumsticks. Yeah, I mean flats too. You like flats is the one where you kind of tear it off in the middle, right? Or flats like the one piece one. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a flat kind of guy. Actually no 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 actually I'm lying. <laughs> drumstick kind of guy. Sorry. No I'm a drumstick kind of guy. Yeah. Well me too. So yeah let's just dive into it. Okay. This is Not So Starving Artists. What 
made you decide that you wanted an interview show for dancers on R2D platform? Okay, this, I mean, by the way, first of all, shout out to Vina for the name. You, you came up with the name, so it's on me. She came up with the name, and it's, I love the name from the day one. But you know what? This is something that is relatable not only to the, all the artists, and, uh, but at the same time, it kind of ties down to the whole theme of the show. So kudos to you on that. But um, before that, I feel like I always had this idea because I, I, I was a huge fan of mukbangs. I used to love mukbangs. Zach Choi, I can watch him for days eat. I'm not even kidding. Um, and I'm also a UFC, like a huge fanatic for my UFC and Ultimate, um, Ultimate Fighting Championships. Uh, so mixed martial arts in general. Mm. Oh shoot, this is a little... <clears throat> Just for me a little bit. Uh, whatchamacallit? So, yeah, so the first one was um, the Mugbans through Zach Choi. And the other inspiration that came to me was uh, from a UFC show called Below the Belt by Brandon Schaub. So basically he takes the fighters out for a food truck, their food truck, and, you know, and they just grab some, um, anything in the, the famous food truck that are out there in the city, and then they talk about life. And I feel like the other reason being there's so much stuff, like there's so much seriousness going on around the world. I just wanted to spread some um, positivity and something like, you know, laugh, something joke, some the other side of artists that we don't get to see a lot. You know, we get to see um, a side which is like, you have to be professional, you have to be this, you have to maintain this persona, you got to make sure, uh, you know, how you speak, where you speak and when you speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to just break the barrier. I'm like, guys, we're humans first, right? So I feel like we can portray something anytime in front of the camera because obviously we're in the arts and everything, but at the same time, we, we sometimes forget who we are as, as people. And I wanted this show to be not only highlighting the, the human side of it, but also the fun side of it. Hence why the food aspect, the food challenges, because, hey, food makes everybody happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bring people together, I swear. People yeah. on an empty stomach versus people on a full stomach, yeah. completely different people. Yes. Hundo, hundo. That's why it's not so starving artists. Bruh, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned dancers are people, right? Food is like the ultimate bringer together of people. But yeah. why is it important that dancers have a spot and a place to express their unfiltered opinions? Because right now it's kind of the trend, right? So this is what kind of ticked me off because I don't know if you guys saw my interview. I did it like um, four or five months ago. And after the interview and after, after everything was posted, I felt like, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's good to see from me as a viewer or a spectator that looks up to you. Like, oh, that's cool. I want to be like him. Blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, and I, and I asked the same question to myself. I'm like, am I giving them the real version of Reed? I'm telling them that, you know, this is not an easy industry. Am I telling them this is, you need to be optimistic. You need to always have, always be ready to face challenges thrown at you because this is the hardest industry to make it in, right? So, so those are the factors that came to me. And then I'm like, whoa, this interview, I mean, this show is so needed because I want everybody to have a perspective of what we go through on a daily basis, mm -hmm. the challenges that we face as artists. And so it's all, not only all just happiness and blah, blah, but at the same time, we, we show you the real, un, uh, real unfiltered uh, side of us, which people don't get to see usually because we are so professional and so to point and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just showing the persona to the people. 
And last question before we move on. Yeah. Why not host it yourself? That's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like sometimes people get, like the interviewers that tried it before, they get really serious, so they really feel like they have to maintain the personality that, oh yeah, I can't be, you know, and then I don't want that. I want to be really organic to the point that, for people that know me, they know me, I'm the goofiest person alive. So I'm not about being that always straight face, whether I'm teaching or not, you gotta enjoy the process. You always have to enjoy the process. Um, and you know, while you're learning or while you're teaching, every, even while you're teaching, you're learning, you know, learning how to teach. <laughs> so, so I feel like it's, that's why we, we live by the motto in R2D, it's uh, progress over perfection. You know, that's what we always believe in and we've believed in for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and that's why I kind of like don't want to do it. <laughs> Although I feel like I would be the, I, I would go, I would be drifting away in every topic that we're talking about. So that's one of the other reasons. So that's mm -hmm. why you're the perfect one. Woo! Thank you. That's I, you. I appreciate. How, how are you feeling with the wings so far? How many wings have you crushed? It's not bad. Not bad? See, we should have gone the Armageddon one. <laughs> next time, next time. Cause we had to we had to test it because you never know with some places. Some places they say they're really spicy, um, but they end up being like okay. And then some yeah. places say they're like okay, but they end up being real spicy. So let's talk about IDM for a second. Yes. IDM started at the very beginning of quarantine. Yes, very, very beginning. So, so IDM was something, because I was scheduled to tour in Europe and in Asia. I was supposed to leave in March. And actually, I was in Mexico when I got stuck in my middle of my tour. When Trudeau was like, if you're Canadian, come back home. So I was stuck there for two weeks. So then I thought, I'm like, if I can't do it, I can't go and teach. Then a lot of people who want to learn from me, because I've been getting DMs and messages that they can learn from me. Um, I wanted to provide a platform where dancers, no matter which part of the world you're in, you're not only getting the proper foundational of hip hop and popping and streets culture, you know, but at the same time, the mentorship of uh, how can you make it in the industry? How can we bring value to you in your life while you're stuck? Um, you know, at home and how can we push you to be, be consistently being motivated by what's going around the world rather than shutting everything down. Because even for us as artists, we were, we were in a very dark space. Everything that's happening around the world, we, you know, we, we just were like, man, this is not right. You know, we should stand up for it, right? And then, and then it came to a point that I know we're standing up for it, but at the same time, we got to make sure the students who believe in us to share our craft with them, to educate them, to provide them with a platform where they can not only connect on, um, uh, on a student-teacher basis, but at the same time on a human level. So that's when the mentorship of, uh, we have so many styles from popping, locking, crumb, um, light feed, we had choreography, industry uh, guests that came in. So in the past four or five months, we covered basically majority of the street styles, but at the same, the same time, we also had an industry guest who actually toured with Rihanna, Chris Brown, Drake, to give them the insight on how you can make it in, the, in this industry. So I feel like it was the best of both worlds that mm -hmm. I wanted to combine in together. So where it's kind of, you gain all the knowledge at your own time and at your own place. So it doesn't need to be like, like no, don't go out, stay home, <laughs> stay home, keep, keep grinding and keep yourself motivated while learning from these people and, and myself, yeah. 
So what was important to you? Ooh, I think I got a, I think I got a super hot one on the last one. There is a definite kick there. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I don't think I had a super, I don't think I had a super hot one yet. I, I, I pride myself on actually being able to handle spice, but the, I'm going to say the super hot one has a kick. Like you can feel it. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Back yeah. to IDM. What was important? Because you and R2D in general yeah. are really focused on being international. Yes. So what was important about having the international aspect instead of just catering to local dancers? Because it, it had to have been hard, even coordinating time zones and everything. It's, it's the hardest thing ever. And uh, that's why we had to come up with, uh, I mean, for us, international was always a thing since we had our first camp in 2016. And mm -hmm. that's when we, we did our first Asia camp in India two years ago. And then we were supposed to do Europe in 2019. Mm. actually and uh quarantine hit and we were all we were supposed to be in denmark and in paris so there's a few things that that didn't work out that was not in our favor that's why we wanted to create a platform where they at least get to see who the educators are at the same time we wanted to highlight talent that are all over the world that's why we posted content a lot and also shed some light to the canadian choreographers who don't get the recognition that i feel like they're awesome they they're amazing human beings and and the same time, they're talented. They're super talented. And I'm like, y'all you you, should be doing it with me, <laughs> you know? So that was the whole mindset uh, that I had up being international. And obviously, eventually when quarantine's over, we want to do IDM as a tour in different countries. Yeah. Mm. All right. Talk to me a little bit about that. IDM as a tour. So you yeah. would take these instructors yeah. or yeah. you would get instructors wherever you go. Uh, it depends. So my goal is to have a mix of both. So my goal is to, it's just like homegrown. So I'm, I'm repping the homegrown. Let's go. So for me, when we did the homegrown, uh, the, the focus was only to focus on Canadian choreographers and give them a platform. Because uh, like I said, Canada, Toronto, doesn't matter if you're in Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, wherever you are, I feel like a place doesn't define yourself. It's your work ethic. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I feel like we had so much talent all over Canada and I had to make this. I'm like, guys, come and check them out. And that was a huge success in 2017 where we actually had six of them from homegrown that be included in the R2D faculty. You okay. know, it's, it's a scouting process for us too to not only see how they are as teachers, but at the same time how they are as human beings. Because you're on a tour. You, you take them on a tour, you, you see how they react here, see how they adapt to time changes. You see how they adapt to the road travel, flight travel or, you know, train travel. You're always on transportation. You're not just, you're not just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me tell everybody, a tour is not, it's fun, but at the same time, it's, it's taxing. It's mentally, physically, and um, you know, emotionally, it's draining. It drains you completely. So, and those are the challenges which I throw at them during homegrown to see how they adapt and how they react. And then I, eventually uh, give them an offer letter for our city camp or to have them an interview and then we talk more about it. Yeah. All right, that's cool. So that's the whole goal that I'm, I'm going to go with for IDM, for International. So when, yeah. we go to, uh, when we bring the program to Denmark, Spain, uh, Denmark, Spain, France, and India. So these four are the only countries that we're going aiming for 2021. Mm -hmm. 
21-22, COVID, hashtag, I mean, let's <laughs> uh, COVID goes away. Um, and and we were going to have a mix of everyone in it. So, so that it's, it's a, people from all over the world can actually see what the challenges they are in. Mm. And so knock on wood, uh, COVID, it, we get a vaccine or something soon. But in case we don't, yeah. where do you see yourself taking IDM in the future and like next year while trying to stick to a virtual platform? So I, I think uh, what we're going to do eventually is um, I think we're going to have IDM in local cities, right? But we're going to have a max, we're going to have in-person and virtual. So in person, in the sense like we'll be having 10 people max. Yeah. We'll be running out a studio and then you'll be having an in-person uh, 10 on one private with instructors. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, giving them a virtual experience as well for people who weren't there in class. So that's the beauty of this, uh, this whole program. And I, even when I started this, I knew this could help a lot of dancers around the world because you're not only getting the, the foundational styles from everything, but mm -hmm. also an insight about the industry, and like, like we discussed about it, which is rare. And most importantly, you don't feel scared. Because think about it, a lot of these dancers, when we go to take classes, when we go take in person, we're A, afraid to ask questions, we feel a little intimidated by people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of takes away the experience. And I wanted to bring in a very judgment-free zone where nobody's judging you. Everybody has, everybody's equal. That's the mindset. And, you know, you got to just keep, training like you know like every every teacher in our idm takes classes as well mm -hmm. so i feel like that's the beauty of the whole program so what is the the point you made was like really interesting because i am terrified like i know for myself i am terrified when i go to class with people who i perceive as like like i'm here and they're beyond they're above the screen they're out of frame you know what i mean <laughs> i'm so i feel the same sometimes but trust me yeah yeah so how, what would you say to dancers who have that fear? Because obviously we need to take classes with people who are better than us so that we can get better. Yeah. We're not going to get anything from consistently staying in our box and being comfortable. Yeah. But there's that fear. How do you, how do you, how do you, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you encourage your dancers? To step in the box yeah. and get rid of that, or maybe not even get rid of that fear, but work around that fear so that they can get better. I think the one, uh, I think it was 2015, Sora Yang, one of my really good friends, in 2015, she said a statement that I still remember till now. She said, if your eyes can answer the question, then you don't need to ask, you don't need to ask it. Kind of makes sense. So sometimes we're too scared to the point that we're not going full out. So that's what that's one of my major flaws was back when I was training and learning, uh, and you know trying to be oh my god I want to be the guy I want to be this I want to be this, but we forget the process in that you know I'm like just because you're marking five times no you should be going hundred percent if you don't feel like you're at his level or her level you gotta go hundred percent every single time the music is playing so then the only person that's to blame is yourself because you're not doing it right so you gotta have the mindset that yeah even though you're tired you're exhausted. You paid money for this class, right? So this is an investment. You're making an investment for yourself. It's just like you're making an investment for your stocks, your bonds, or you know anything you're doing. In you need an ROI. So for you, that's your. I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Like, oh my God, really? Because sometimes dancers don't get it. And I'm like, guys, 
No, don't be scared. You pay money for it. You have to ask them. If you don't ask them, nobody else is going to ask them, right? And that's educators are not going to be like, no, not going to answer. I mean, I don't know. At least I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have that experience. But it's very, it's about having an open mind. And I know it's scary. Trust me, even for me, I would say three, four years back as well, I used to be scared asking questions. And I'm like, oh man, what if he already said it? That's when the attention span comes in, comes in, in question as well. You know, being focused, you know, paying attention to the class, having a mindset of not failing, but learning. That, you know, if, if you're not failing, you're not learning. Because I don't see that it's, uh, that means it's easy for you. Next, you got, you got to go, if you're taking the beginner, go to the intermediate level. Okay. If you're not failing five, six times, then, like for me now, like, like from when I was training, uh, or when I was actually into dance, that's completely as like, you know, being a backup dancer or being uh, international dance educator. I feel like the the go-to dancer for me in Canada was Carnell, was CJ. So so for me, I used to take all his classes whenever I could because I could never have his textures, never. And he's a he's an alien for me. So I'm like, dude, how do you hit that clean? How do you actually make your textures? And slowly, when I got comfortable with his style, I'm like, damn it, I'm still not looking like him, <laughs> you know. So so it's it's okay. The advice to dancers is okay to feel like that, you know, but if you don't do anything about it, that's where the situation goes worse. You know, you got to do something about it. If you feel like you feel insecure, you feel like, you know, you're not at that level, it's okay. That means the growth's coming. That means you should be able to fight back. That, you know what? I'm feeling like this instead of just curling down and not doing anything about it, not asking it. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. This is for me, not for anybody else. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure that I, even if I'm not exactly like him, I'm going to try my best from the moment I came into class. And from the moment I leave class, I take some knowledge from it, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And I also think it's important because you are REIT. You are never going to look like CJ, right? So being able to take something from your teachers, hey, there it is. There it is. Are you okay? I'm going I'm to go, go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> being able to take something from your teachers is really good instead of striving to look like your teachers because that's your that's a failed mission from the start you're never going to look like them amen to that yeah okay. that's that's a very very good way of looking at it no one can be another vena nobody you know you might you, you might and i think raul said this uh, that was the most beautiful thing he ever said because raul started off with street styles you know breaking then he he was part of Moonrunners, like, you know, his pop like crazy. I still watch Raul back in the day. I'm like, bro, this is insane. And then now he's one of the goats in house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, just because you're part of something, like, you know, you're learning something and you want to be like someone, that doesn't mean that you have to look like him. You take the ingredients that's needed to mold yourself as the best version of yourself, you know? Because, and the only way you can know it is if you try different elements. You would never know what the real vena is i will never know what the real read is unless i try all styles unless i try okay i like it i can do it but is this something that i'm, I'm learning like like for raul house is something that spoke to him mm -hmm. like it spoke to him so if it's not speaking to you if you're not hearing it that means you need to see what else can you do you know what other styles you can do to, to for you to be heard at the same time for you to communicate with the music because that's the beauty, beauty of dance you need to have the communication going two ways. If it's one-sided, that means you're a robot, you know? It has to be two, both ways to make you feel like you're dancing, 
you know, it's not about the quick moves, it's not about the everything. It's about, are you actually dancing? When you leave the class, are you leaving like, oh, I didn't get the moves. Nobody cares about the moves, you know? So are you taking, because that's a dance started. That's how a dance started. It's, it, it's, that's what's called a dance. It's a, it's a celebration, you know, celebration of what you're, what you're doing in an hour, an hour and a half. And if you don't feel like you're celebrating yourself with music, you know, that means you need to see what else can, uh, what other styles or what other teachers you can go to, to see, feel like you're being celebrated. And I'm at that point, not teachers, but styles, because I feel like it's just, there's some beautiful, I mean, there's amazing teachers all over the world, so. So on that note, which style speaks to you? Which style do you feel self- I start off with tutting. So when I was, uh, I was a huge uh, D Moon Zhang and uh, uh, which we we'll call it program. I'm back, I mean, to 10, 10, 11 years ago. Uh, it was Demon Zang and the Philip Shabib. So they were my biggest inspos when I was starting up. And then uh, I went to locking for a bit. And then came the era of Ian Eastwood, Brian Puspos, you know, choreography side. Even though I knew the styles, even though I was kind of training in uh, different styles, I felt my, what I was celebrated most is when I was watching my idols, when I was doing idols is Ian, you know, bam, these guys communicating through choreography. So for me, that's what communicated with me. I'm like, oh snap, word plays, oh snap, they're actually going off, you know, and, and that was me back in, when I was 20, I'm 30 now, but, <laughs> but you know, you evolve. <laughs> Damn, I'm 30. Every time I say it, it's so weird. So, um, so it's just, um, for me, choreography spoke the loudest, but at the same time, how can I incorporate the foundations in the choreography? Hence why a lot of uh, conflicts came recently, you know, yeah. about urban hip hop, and I completely agree with it. Even when I did the interview back in December, I said, I don't want to label myself as a hip hop or urban, I'm just a choreography. Like what I'm doing, I'm not teaching someone a 30 minute popping class or a 30 minute locking class. I'm like, no, even, though, even if you use a little bit of foundation, that doesn't mean you're using the whole class for foundations. You can't, you can't call it popping. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, uh, it's, I would label myself as a choreography, like a choreography, a mix of everything, but strictly read style. Yeah. That's good. All right. This might be a little controversial. So feel free. <laughs> feel free to like plead the fifth and say like, I don't, I don't want to say anything. Okay. How do you feel about the rise of choreographers that say that they are doing hip hop and say they're, they're, they have a piece of choreography and they're like, this has hip hop, but also locking, but also popping, but also light feet. And they kind of bunch everything together as if they are the same style, but they are very different styles. Okay, so this is what, uh, I mean, this is, a con- this is the same conversation I'm gonna go into. So you can't call it, so if, if I'm teaching, if I have a little bit of light feet section, I have a locking section, I have a popping section, I'm inspired by this. So I'm like, you know what, the musicality can fit in. So I can't call any of that. Even if I'm teaching, I'm like, guys, even if it's a segment or an element from a style, you gotta pay your dues and say, you know what, this is what the style is from. But my class is just choreography. Mm-hmm. Unless you're teaching the whole class as locking, whole class is popping, whole class is crump. You can't, or hip hop, like, you know, hip hop, like it's a lifestyle, right? At the same time, you, you're using the grooves, you're, you know, you're using a lot of different uh, elements in hip hop, which you're 
dancing unless it's not very technical, it's not very foundational street style based, you can't call it street style. It has to be a choreography choreography. Mm -hmm. Make sense? So I don't know, I think I'm going deep, I'm going around, but for me, I would say it has to be choreography. No matter how many styles you put in, uh, or I would recommend don't put any styles if you, if you don't feel like you have the knowledge or the, the, the skills to put in, that means you're actually insulting the choreographers that, or insulting the pioneers and insulting the people that are actually, and you know what, I was guilty of that. I'm gonna say a lot. I was guilty of that. I think uh, back in 2021, 22, yeah, uh, I used to, yeah, this is because I knew a bit of everything. But I'm like, 2021 is next year. Oh, sorry, 20 is, I meant 2010, sorry. <laughs> Not bad. But 2010, yeah, so 2010, 2011, or even 2012. I think that's when I was started getting a lot of touring opportunities and the, the um, our, uh, my, what should we call it? My organizers would just label it as, oh yeah, he's sweet style. Uh, hip-hop style, um, this style, but even though, and I was just emer an emerging artist, right? But for me, I just wanted to get to the point that I just want to share. I was an excited kid. I want to share. I don't care, but I'll, I can explain it to them in class. This is a choreography class. And that's what I ended up doing. But, sorry, what was the question? I completely forgot. Is how do you feel about the emerging trend of teachers? Because it seems like everybody wants to teach a class these days. Yeah. Everybody wants to teach without learning, so that's the... So how do you feel about those teachers who will put, who will say that their choreography has like five different styles in them? If they're trained in it? At a choreography class. If they're trained in it, and they actually dedicate the time and effort into it, um, and actually been doing it for a long, long, long time, and they can tell the class that yeah this is actually the style and the foundation where it came from these were the, the these were the pioneers and so i'm just taking an element out of it then yeah but but you still can't call it this the specific style class you still have to call it a choreography class there's no other option based on that mine's not like like for now every time i go i tell them that this is the choreography no matter what's on the poster remember anything in arts or entertainment it's marketing as well you know, for a person that's flying someone in from a different country, people don't realize that it's a huge risk that they're taking for them to sell the person to the class, even the person that's not known to the community, especially international. That's a huge risk. So you have to think of a way that, no, I know uh, they're commercializing it, but at the same time, they're putting so much money and time and effort into it that they just specifically organize it. They just want to break even, man. They don't, they don't want to make money. He just yeah. want them to see the style and the entity of the choreographer that they're bringing in. But, uh, but I, I definitely think, I think it's, it's time. This is the most important era we're living in and the most important time for us to restructure everything we have to the point that we start calling it choreography. We start calling it what it is and we start labeling the style how it is. Uh, and if you don't fall, fall in the category at all, just your person and the choreography after that. That's about it. But, sorry, I don't want to go too deep. Go deep. Go as I, deep. I have, I have a few things about it because I know when, when everybody came out and everybody, you know, yeah, it went after the urban community, right? The urban, which was a huge thing. And I think I'm going to, it's just a controversy, but, but for me, I feel like it's very vague to just put out choreography. So imagine if you don't know someone, 
need you to drop in class. I'm like, Vina, uh, come for Vina's class, Vina choreography. Uh, you have Jess Ford, come for Jess Ford's class, your choreography. Now the issue comes in when the students don't know who you are or what style you're teaching. Like what could be similar, kind yeah. of like the vibe, it can be top 40, who cares, you know? But, but the styles are very different, like completely, and the texture and movement quality is gonna be totally, totally different because you guys are street style and it's, the other one's contemporary, more lyrical. So the students need to be aware of what they're getting themselves into. So the, the few solutions would be when you're labeling them in a studio, when you're labeling them as a choreographer, instead of a poster, it's high time we put a video of it. Kind of makes sense? So, it's, so it helps the dancers to have an outlook and a perspective that, okay, this is what I'm kind of getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Rather than going in blindly and you're expecting a hip hop and you're taking a ballet class. Mm -hmm. Kind of makes sense? Yeah, I think also we're living in like the peak time of information. So like students, people who are going to classes, maybe people who don't go to classes that often, should definitely research who they're, whose class they're going to. Because even among people who dance in the same, you know, people who dance on the same teams or people who dance, you know, who came up together, their styles would be very, very different. Yeah. Like a, a Vince class and a CJ class are two completely different classes. Yep. So they're both, they're both Hamilton dancers, they're both on artillery, they're both on OVR, but they're two completely different styles. So I definitely think there's probably some self-accountability there that needs to happen when you decide Soon. to take class. Soon, I think it's high time. For all the studios out there, dropping studios, this is your time to make these changes. You can be the front runner, you can be actually making such a huge impact the next decade or even the next generations after us. I wish I had a studio right now, but you know what? I'll be implementing them right now. <laughs> needed. Uh, and I think it, it makes it easier too. It makes it a lot of, like, not only it makes it easier for people to not have the stress. Oh, it's hip hop class. Damn. Okay, I got to have all the grooves in, you know, all the bops in. Let's start doing it. Now it's just you. Unless Vina is being authentic, Vina teaching. It's been authentic, Alyssa teaching, so authentic Greek teaching, you know, it's just what I feel. That's why when I choreograph, I choreograph in a dark place. Like, I turn off the lights, because I, I don't want any influence of my reflection changing the way I move. I want it to be my, my mind's, the way my mind is connecting to my heart. No, I feel has to be, um, has to be connected for it to be a, a, a dance. You know what I'm saying? That means I'm not celebrating, I'm just bleh, puking. <laughs> I was puking it out just to make sure that, uh, oh yeah, this is a hype move. Oh yeah, people are gonna love it. Yeah, if I like dancing fast, I like dancing fast. <laughs> you know, I'm not, and that's how it started for me in the beginning too. Like I'm like, people are like, oh dude, you you dance too fast. No, it's not. You're never gonna make it. Well, okay, and I I stuck with it. Mm. I stuck with it for the longest time. It's about who you believe in in yourself, and there's nobody else that's gonna believe in you more than yourself. So you gotta you gotta root for you. <laughs> that's true high key uh nobody else is gonna root for you so i mean other people are that's not saying like nobody's ever going to root for you yeah. you gotta be your own biggest cheerleader one biggest fan <gasps> oh my god this is so spicy <laughs> you got one of the super hot ones, super hot ones. Right, let's 
we've been ignoring the Putin that you also. So let's take a let's take a quick bite of that before we move on. Cheers. Get some. Oh, hold up. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Bro. Well, this is bomb. It's such a Canadian thing, but damn, like whoever decided to put cheese and gravy on fries, genius. Best invention ever. Great. Mm. So you mentioned you were like, you wish you had a studio because yeah. You would start implementing these things right now. Yeah. But we know now is not a great time <laughs> for studios. So how is R2D coping during COVID? Because this is madness. This is madness. And you know what the funny thing is? I, just, um, I think I shared a video from one of the trailers from a last year's competition. It was during this time. Yeah. So it was, I think we're a week away from... Uh, and we were going to prep for it starting July. Actually, May June. Oh, damn it. Yeah. So May, June, uh, we had the whole lineup. We knew who we were getting. It was going to be insane because, like, the, the, even the concept is going to be different. So because we were, we were connecting the, the Canadian teams with – because for the first time, international teams were coming. So it was – I was like – there's teams from Denmark and Spain that they were flying in. I'm like, yo, this is going to be lit. It's like, this is what I envisioned to have yeah. Toronto as a hub where teams from all over the world come in to not only see the city, but at the same time compete with the best of the best we got in Canada. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, give me something. And of course, COVID had different plans. So I, I think how we're coping, it's, it's hard. Like, you know, it's, it's hard for every, every business, small business out there. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's coming to a point, there's no events, you know, it's coming to a point that we have, um, this is not a business anymore because for a business to work, there has to be some kind of activity that's going on. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's, it's mo- mostly being, making sure that it's, uh, everything's safe for dancers, everything's uh, in, under control first before we actually announce an, an event or announce uh, any other, that's why we've been quiet for the past four or five months because I'm like, there are bigger issues that are the world needs healing time from than having events being thrown right now because it's the world's a show right now. <laughs> the world is a show, and uh, I was talking to AJ and Ken about it. I've been very uh, hurt at the same time. I've been very, um, I've been going through what you call it is healing for myself for believing in. in in goodness in people and for believing in, you know, that um, believing in people that I looked up to a long time. And then it's a totally different scenario. And that just breaks me as a person because I'm a very emotional person. So just to see that it took me a while. And I, I was lucky that I had friends and family, um, you know, that, that understood. Hence why I wasn't teaching a lot. I wasn't, because for me to teach, I need to be mentally and emotionally stable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't stable because I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm in a very weird spot in my life. So, completely fair. I mean, it, this has been a weird year for everybody. It's been a very strange year for the dance community. Um, it's gone through like upheavals that I'm pretty sure everyone has had this feeling that 
especially people who have been people like you um who have been in the community for a minute like it's it's not been a year it's been like 10 years um and these people are like i feel like the community is falling apart right now yeah so how would you say i guess you meant you i guess you kind of already mentioned it that you're like taking time to heal but (laughs) are you good yeah i'm good i'm good Oh no, I'm stressed. No, no, no. That sauce has hit my. Oh yeah. So go for it. Um, yeah, you're taking time to heal. But what would you also want to do for the other dancers in the community who are just like maybe, maybe they're dancers who have been here for a minute, or maybe they're dancers who just came in recently and then all of a sudden starts falling off, like just like exploding. Yeah. And it happened, and that's what happened. A lot of dancers that came. And I know a lot of dancers that came moved to LA from different European countries and from Asian countries, and they were forced to move back in two months. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it, it's a situation where it's out of everybody's control. Uh, hence, why I wanted to create a pro- platform, which was IDM, to not only have the the whole system where dancers can actually keep keep themselves sane, motivated. At the same time, I'm employing choreographers and giving them a chance to you know, don't be stressing out about a few things and keep, um, you know, being passionate about what you're doing at the same time, making a living out of it, right? So that was the whole mindset. I'm like, it's a situation where people don't realize it. Out of all this economy and of all this uh, industries that are shutting down, the major one that's hit is dance studios and dancers from all over the world. People have no idea about that because we are not in the totem pole. We're not even like considered humans <laughs> you know oh you dance oh that's cute you know and i've been hearing that for past 12 13 years like but what do you really do and now it's coming to a point where people are like oh yeah now what do you really do because there's nothing going on right so i, I think my message to dancers right now is just uh, dance to dancers or choreographers or dance studios just stay strong yo this is uh this is going to be uh this is going to be a weird transition for the industry that we're living in whether it's in canada or us or any part of the world stay strong stay keep your head the right way keep your head up and be patient i think be patient rather than rushing it and creating another you know another whole wave you don't want that just be patient be relaxed and um for all the events uh, event studios or you know i mean run classes and safe measures you know Make sure, and I know a lot of studios that are actually making that effort. And kudos to kudos to them for having their doors open at the same time providing that um, safe space for people to come in and train. Yeah. So doubling back a bit, because you mentioned, actually, I I kind of just realized this too. I think I realized it yesterday that it it has been a year since R two D's challenge competition yeah and it has not felt like a year i feel like if somebody asked me i like i i went there as audience right um and if someone asked me like when did you go to r2d's competition i'd be like yeah a few a few months ago because <laughs> last six months was a write-off so. it, it just feels like it didn't happen no. but what are you anticipating for once everything is safe again having this challenge competition so our goal is to have it in February. Mm-hmm. If everything is good, goal. 
because that's what the original uh, R2D camp was supposed to be. Like every time we have the camps in winter camp and summer camp, mm-hmm. our winter camp always happens. And it's funny, it always happens on my birthday because that's what I love celebrating. I love celebrating my dance and I'm a little sel- selfish, but at the same time, I don't get to celebrate because I'm, I'm running around, I'm like psycho. And by the time I, <laughs> by the time I realize it, the event's done on the day, day after. And I love that because I'm like, yes, I'm actually doing something for the community to, to, you know, bring everyone together. And for me, that's the biggest gift that I can ever get. And it makes me so happy. And I know, uh, I don't know, R2D camp means a lot to me in a very different way because that's where my mom used to be very connected with. And my mom used to say, you know what, you got to keep doing it no matter how. What struggles and everything you go through, even before she passed, she actually told me it. And uh, she saw she saw with her own eyes, like what I was doing, and I wanted to just keep doing it for her and for the people who love dance. You know, that's really sweet. Yeah. Oh, my heart. Uh oh. How do I even? How do I even keep, keep going from that? <laughs> you got this positivity. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap things up, the last thing I want to touch on general future and by general i mean specific actually anything you want to plug anything coming up sometime soon besides this show obviously we have a uh, idm season two is coming up hey. so uh, yeah stay tuned um, i mean we'll be dropping some really amazing news uh, soon it's a new format new idea i mean it's the same format i mean just a few tweaks here and there but uh, we, we just want to make sure that we give back and this is going to be an interesting, 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 uh, season two. So that I would say stay tuned and subscribe to our, uh, not subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow Vina on Instagram, follow, um, you know, R2D camp and follow IDM. Yeah. Don't follow me. I'm lame, but just follow <laughs> these things and then you'll have, and then you'll have uh, yeah, you'll have a great time. I think IDM season two. It's, it's going to be a blast. I'm excited for it. And also the RTD camp in February, fingers crossed. Uh, COVID is gone by November. And we can drop some exciting news for you guys. And also, homegrown. I wish I, wish I was repping any sort I of... I know. Dude, this is a, like, everybody loves this hoodie. And I'm like, you know what? And every time we come up with it, it's all, it's all gone in two days. I need, um, I need to get one. Whenever the next drop is, I need to get one. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah, so homegrown is going to come back as well, and uh, yeah, there are a lot of fe- a lot of things that we planned for twenty twenty that didn't come to fruition because of uh, COVID. But uh, the show must go on. Show must go on. It must this phase, which we will be telling our kids, our grandkids, our you know everyone. But so we're unlucky that we're part of it, but at the same time, we're lucky because this is preparing us for future. We've already experienced one of the worst phases of humanity. <laughs> so, so now it's only going uphill. There's, you know, any, uh, so for me, it's any sign of positivity I get, I'm like, woo, let's go. Right, let's go, yeah. To spread what we're living by. So it's only going uphill from then, yeah. I think, yeah, that's right. We really need to take all the positivity we can get right now because there is so little of it. So just like grab it. That's the, only, that's the only tea you need. Get it? Oh, snap. That was really lame. That was a 30-year-old joke. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> you were like, yeah. Okay, that was really lame. 
Yo, I gave you credit. It I was know, I know. I'm just kidding. Also lame. I'm just kidding. But yeah, yo. All right. So that brings us to the end of our very first episode of Not So Starving Artists. As you mentioned, all of the relevant people and links to follow will be in the description down below. Yes. And, and look forward to some really cool, cool stuff. Yep. We have some amazing things lined up. Thank you again, Vina. You're the best host. Love it. Love the energy. Love the vibe. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Hope you guys got something out of it. And yeah, I'll see you guys soon. And go eat some hot wings at Duff's. Let's do last, let's do last year's. Let's do last right. year's. Cheers, last year. Sign off. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.